welcome to the boxing now podcast i am your host that dude named dave and next to me i have my main man jorge how's it going man doing great dave how things going ah, i can't complain man glad we were able to do this again here as we get to the end of the year here 2020 is ending this week isn't it i can't hardly wait man before we get into it here let's get the particulars rolling here you can check us out here on youtube boxing now podcast also on our facebook group boxing now instagram boxing now podcast the website boxingnowonline.com under construction but you can bookmark it and um I think that's all the tags we got there, right? Oh, uh, we're on Twitch, but we haven't live streamed yet, so bookmark that as well. I think we got everything there, don't we, Jorge? Yeah, uh, one quick shout-out. Live underscore Domino's, my uh, Domino stream, uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays, 8 p.m. All right. So we got the particulars out the way, so we know what you guys are here for. You're here for boxing, and it is the year in review that we're going to do here right now. I know we're starting off brand new here, but I figured that we're going to get in tradition of talking over the year and get some awards. Now, this year was a little bit harder because we didn't have much of a year, did we? Not much of a year. Good beginning of the year. Uh, a lot of things staled off because uh, of COVID during the the prime years of boxing, which would be like around the spring and the summer. And then we got some boxing uh, near the tail end of the summer there into the, to the winter here. So Yeah, so let's do a quick overview, people. Let's start off here that going to 2020, we thought it was going to be a good year, right? Uh, I remember at the end of the year, we had Errol Spence. We talked in the previous episode beating Sean Porter. Yep. And once that fight happened and occurred and we saw Spence being the victor, we saw Danny Garcia set up for January. And we thought that was going to be a good fight because Danny Garcia is a legit welterweight, former junior welter, title holder at 140 and 147. That is not a fight that we looked at saying Errol Spence is doing a gimme fight. Mm -hmm. But then... He gets in that horrific car accident. And did you see the video, right, of that accident? Yep, that was bad. That was bad. I mean, for him to, to survive and only had a couple of scratches and had his teeth chipped and things of that nature, it's a miracle that he survived. So we were heading into 2020, you know, into a bad note, knowing that one of the top fighters, we didn't know if he was going to be able to walk again or live or whatever. Was gonna, you know. So we had that fight in January get postponed, but then we had February. Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder too. So that was the big fight that, you know, we, the first fight we thought that Wilder had lost, but the knockdowns, you know, caused a little bit of intrigue knowing that he could land something on Fury. And we knew that it was always going to be a fight, but it wasn't a fight. Was it Jorge? It wasn't, uh, it wasn't a fight. Um, mainly because of Fury. Fury came in heavier, was always the better boxer. And uh, in this case, uh, proved he had more power. Yeah, he had the right game plan. Like, he bulked up the 270 and hired Emmanuel Stewart. You you love this. He hired Emmanuel Stewart's nephew, the Kronk Jim style. I'm going to jab, jab, lead right, hold, lean, smother you. Okay, break up, jab, jab. Okay, I got you off balance. Now let's throw that right. Boom hold you down don't let you get off and five rounds you just buttered up and done he, he took it to a new level right so this is not a manual stewart training a klitschko this is training for training somebody who boxes the way he already boxes well, sugar hill well sugar that. hill you're right yeah. sugar hill I mean, his, nephew, his nephew right but he carries the tradition of, yep. his, of his uncle exactly so you know, when we talk stewart we're talking in in, in that style of boxing right? exactly so his, so his nephew did an excellent job of not changing too much of him and more of just changing the the pace the the personality of of coming forward and just being able to dominate with that right hand 
Exactly. And it was a masterpiece. He took away Deontay Wilder's main punch, you know, Lucille, that right hand that even if it's not clean, he's knocking you down. I mean, Deontay Wilder, no matter how we look at him, he's going to go down as one of the greatest punchers in heavyweight history. One punch. If you just, it doesn't matter if he's losing every single round, he's in every single fight. And Fury found a way to negate that and took him out. The excuses. <laughs> no, that's the wild not, excuses. That's like a thirty-minute episode. Yeah, you're just right. on that. Okay, yeah, we'll 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 leave that be. But he had a lot of excuses, man. It was so funny. But Fury's the man at heavyweight division now. I mean, we know about Anthony Joshua, and, and we'll talk about him a little bit. But uh, because of that fight, we now know that it's it is Fury's world right now. It's Fury's world in the heavyweight division, and they have uh, one man to look up to right now. So it looks everybody there. <laughs> <laughs> so. Let's let's keep it moving on 2020. Fury happened. Then there was another big fight that was supposed to happen that we kind of touched in the previous episode, but it didn't happen because of COVID. Because March came, shut down. Didn't matter if it was bas- basketball was the first sport to shut down, and then everybody followed suit. But there was one fight that would have happened if we didn't have COVID, and it would have been Manny Pacquiao against Terrence Crawford. Yeah, that, that, that fight would have happened. Uh, would have happened without much, I think, stress. I think that fight would have been easy, easy to make. Um, no, it was done. Here's a, it, it was going to be in this. This is the funny thing. I believe Bob Arum on this one because he's the main person that always talks about Saudi Arabia, the Middle East, and they become of this crazy money. Sure. And then nothing happens. But this was the first, like the last couple of years, is in like the first few years we've seen the Middle East and the representatives show their money. Like, we want these fights. We know we got money. Now we're, we're putting it out there. And the fight was done. Like, Manny Pacquiao was haggling a little bit. He, you know, he's, you know, he's Manny. He deserves name brand recognition. Sure. So, Everything was done. Then when COVID happened and we couldn't have fans in the stands, that was it then. Because any everything that Manny was nitpicking to get that final number right, once the fans were gone, that was it. Because Terrence Crawford, you know, did, wasn't driving to fight as far as financial concerns. It was Manny, but Terrence Crawford was the the you know the guy that could have been like the passing the torch. Yeah, for an overseas fight like that, that's that's Manny 100. Uh, percent I, it. I mean, Crawford would have fought him there. He'd fight him wherever he needed to fight him. But for that type of overseas fight, that's definitely Manny driving the sales of that fight. And once the fans aren't there, there's no fight. Yeah. And I'm so mad at COVID because because of that, now we have this divide with the welterweight division that we've been seeing playing out. We talked about it in a previous episode. We're going to get into it probably in a few other episodes about Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence and not fighting each other. And if Terrence Crawford did get this fight, and we all believe that he would molly wop. Manny Pacquiao at this point. Manny Pacquiao's a great fighter, future Hall of Famer, but Terrence Crawford would give him that work right now. And he would have the bigger win, and they each would have two belts. And we talked about the previous episode, like the negotiating would be 50-50 at that point. Now, we know Spence drives people, but with something like this here and him having the bigger win, who knows? Maybe Crawford gets those viewership from being a Manny Pacquiao, you know, because he's on a pay-per-view. Yep. And he maybe he gets one more fight and that carryover comes into that audience of court. Like how when Manny Pacquiao beat De La Hoya, the same way that Floyd beat De La Hoya, you know, you get that carryover support. So who knows what could have happened? We could have had the fight this year, but COVID stopped that. Yeah, I mean, I could have seen Crawford if he had won that fight. Had that fight happened, he could have won that fight. And I think he probably could have had something. I, I would have hoped not in his hometown. I would hope something more around the Vegas Strip, something to just kind of get more like the lights on him. You know, hometown's great, but at that point, you know, you're trying to sell a f- your future fight with Spence, so I would have hoped something on the Las-, the Las Vegas Strip. Yeah, so we lost that fight. That was one major fight that was gone because of COVID. And so 
let's move forward now. And ESPN and Top Rank were the first outfit to start putting on fights live um, in a bubble in the MGM Grand. So they had a little bit of wrinkles, but when everything was said and done, we got to get props to ESPN and Top Rank. They it, it was an unfortunate situation that they made work. They didn't have the top fighters that we wanted to see because if you're uh, Errol Spence, Danny Garcia, Terrence Crawford, you're not going to be the first guy to fight right now. Yeah. So we saw Shakur Stevenson, and he was the first guy in the bubble to headline. And I will admit, though, that because of the bubble and because of COVID, we didn't have good fights. Like Shakur Stevenson is a good young fighter. I see him pound for pound one day if he stays in this current projection. Great guy. But, you know, the, the matches weren't that good. And I can't really – I can't badmouth top rank because they, they are trying to get guys in. The guys would test positive. They're trying to bring another guy in. So it was just an unfortunate situation, but it worked, though, to a degree. Like, they have a blueprint now. Yep. You can give Bob Aram hell for a lot of different things, but you got to give the man credit. Business savvy for – trying and always trying and, and trying to work within this the scope of the rules that that were mandated if we were going to do something in a bubble and stuff so uh they're trying to keep the fighters safe uh you know so he did a great job espn did a great job um it just would have been great if other fighters were more forthcoming but at the time nobody there wasn't enough information out there a lot of yeah. the fighters were worried about their own health and their own safety and their of families course. and stuff so made perfect sense at the end of the day you know you do what you can for the fans. And that's the way I looked at it with top rank in ESPN. They were looking out for the fans. Mm -hmm. And for that, as a boxing fan, I appreciate that. Yeah, they did a good job. So anybody watching the news knows that we've heard about a not trying to make this political. We heard about a second strain that came from the UK. Who knows if we have uh, another shutdown or if we have to roll things back where things are not open. But like I was mentioning, there's a plan now in place. We know that if something happens again, we won't be lost about sports. They'll figure it out, and then from there, they'll see who guys, if they really want to fight, knowing the, the mechanisms are in place. So at least on that note, we know 2021 will be better than 2020 because we're going to be prepared. Yeah, we'll be more prepared, and and, and there's is an appetite. There's yeah. it, was, it was a missed – I mean, it was an appetite. It was a missed opportunity over the summer, and, 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 that, and that's okay, right? You get the wrinkles and all the kinks out of the way. Because by the time uh, the fall got here and the winter got here, I mean, fans were hungry to see some fights. And so, and it looked like fighters were looking forward to get some of that ring rust off, which we were lucky to get some of those fights out of the way, whether they're mandatories or just general, like, let's, get into, let's, get, let's get into the ring, let's get, let's get a fight going because we just need to get some ring rust going and, and make some progress. Right. So let's move it forward now. Um, after the bubble, then other outfits like um, Premier Boxing Champions started doing fights as well with no fans. And their first major fights that they had were uh, the Charlotte brothers. They headlined a pay-per-view and uh, they beat, I couldn't remember his name and I still cannot pronounce it. Even though I wrote it down here, Sergey Dervinekachenko. I messed that up so bad. That was pretty close though. Uh, but you got to give me some credit on that. He was the guy that I felt in the previous episode when we were talking about triple G that triple G lost. Mm -hmm. He gave triple G hell. I mean, of course we know in boxing, Styles make fights. Mm -hmm. So Charlo got a hold of him. And once he figured him out, it was 12 rounds of it was it was not even the same class of fighter. Like yeah. it was literally like once two and three came in, and it's like, it's a wrap. It wasn't even close. He he got some good shots in. He was competitive. You can tell that he's a world-class fighter, but he was not in that league. Yeah. And so that's why I was mentioning in the previous episode that there was slippage on triple G. And like I said, styles make fights, but when Charlo is six foot one and he's a young heavy, strong kid who, I mean, he's not even a kid. He's, you know, he's in his prime now. 
I say kid because he's younger than me, but he is ready. And I just saw like the slippage in Triple G, and we're seeing the ascension the Charlotte brothers and the other brother too, as well, Jamel and uh, Jamal. He's also the 154 champion, and then he unified three belts in that same pay per view. So the both twin brothers, one's the man in 154, the other one is in the top five at 160, and they showcase that together they can probably they can sell a fight on a little scale and. They can be a good b-side to a canelo or anybody else in the division yeah i like to see them i, I kind of like the fact that they're kind of on the same card on the same fight nights as long as and i kind of like that package that package yeah. like, we're gonna get the charlo brothers i don't have a problem with you get both of them you're not just getting one you're getting two for the price of one technically i, I like and their personalities are great they they admit they are kind of like the heel they admit that they're not here for smiles and giggles they're here for yo we lions we're going to eat everybody up into the divisions here. You want the Charlotte Bros? We here. Like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, they put mm-hmm. it out there. It's like, this is who we are. We Houston, baby. You know, this is how down South Texas get down. You want this work? We're going to give it to you. You you get one in 154. You get one in six. We'll go up to 168. They're like, they're like the NWO right now. At yeah. this point right now, you come in with that heel music, and you just kind of, you hear it. You hear but it's real, the- though. It's not fake, though. Yep. They're 100% authentic about the way they live, their lifestyle, their love for each other. Like I was watching a video on them and how one brother on Instagram, they were just getting into it. Like you thought like, oh my God, this, this relationship's over, but they're identical twin brothers. So you can only imagine being identical twin and being not only a boxer, they're both professional fighters. Then on top of that too, they're two of the top fighters in the world and they're the top in their division that competitive streak mm, there that yep. goes on there yeah, that, that's drive. what they need their own they need their own like reality show to see what goes on behind the scenes between those two twin brothers you like know? uh like trouble brothers hard knocks yeah yeah that would be <laughs> great if, if you follow them they they are must see so i'm looking forward to them for 2021 for their future fights i know they're not going to get canelo way canelo schedule looks but i see them in competitive fights and i like what they bring to the table yeah, same thing here. I, and and I, the fact that, like I said, it comes a package deal, and I think their ability is a, you know, brothers to basically decide, you know, who gets the top card in one fight and top card in another fight. Yeah, they rotate. Like, you mm-hmm. know, one brother's like, okay, I'll be the headliner, and then I'll be the headliner next one. That's that's showing the love. Like, we we both here. We both getting this check here. So it don't matter who's the headliner. We yeah. both the headliners because they both come to see. They don't know who's who sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. But I like that, too, like what you just mentioned there. So let's move forward here. The fight that I want to talk about that was interesting in October was Javante Davis and Leo Santa Cruz. That was a fun fight. Uh, while it lasted. While it lasted, uh, let's just say Davis took hits. He needed to take hits, but to take those hits in order to land that vicious uppercut that if he wants to replay on the fight, he thought it was coming to the body. That thing hit him right there on the chin. We're not playing it because... Um, we're trying to abide by YouTube rules. We're learning this as we go doing this podcast show here. We might figure some things out for future shows here. But when you get a chance to watch the replay of Javante Davis and Leo Santa Cruz, Davis throws this vicious hook in the corner. But he is so patient that, whoops, that's my computer here. He is so patient that he threw the hook and then looked at him. He's like, hold up. He was admiring his work. Mm-hmm. And then Leo just kind of slithered into the it was over. And we knew that Gervonta Davis was supposed to win. The, the thing was, how would he look winning? He took shots and he kept coming in. He showcased that he's an action fighter that people want to see. Like, I'm going to take two or three because I know you can't hurt me. I'm going to get my one because my one's going to hurt you. Even and that's more. exactly what it was. He took, he, I mean, he took the hits because they weren't hurting him. 
And he said, all right, hit me, but you're going to expose yourself, and I'm going to catch you. And he caught him. And that's what Leo, Leo's a good fighter. I mean, of course, he's come up from 126 to 130, so he was, the, even though he's taller and longer, he was technically the smaller man. Yep. But he's a guy who likes to throw, I mentioned, you know, 80 to 100 punches around. But he is efficient when he throws his punches. Like, his offense dictates his defense, I was mentioning in a previous episode. Mm. But even though he's throwing all those punches, those punches wouldn't we're not going to hurt Javante Davis, whether he got to the sixth round or seventh round. He tasted his power and says, you know, I can walk through this here. I just need to find my spot. And Davis, you know, made it entertaining by coming in that way, saying, I'm going to take these shots and then I'm going to give you. Yep. And so that's going to be a pre we're going to talk about for that division. 130 and 135 is hot. Very you know, hot we've right seen now. that. And right uh, around that same time, we had Tiafimo Lopez beat Vasily Lomachenko. So we're seeing him being the man at 130 now and those two possibly fighting. We did not see Lomachenko get beat the way he got beat. You know? No, no, no. Tiofono did, did not get beat that way. And uh, and Lomachenko, that one just, it's still a surprise uh, the way he fought that fight, but that's the that's just because of Tiofono. I mean, he fought him and gave him that range that he just, he couldn't come in and attack him for six rounds, six, seven rounds. He couldn't come in and hit him with anything. And I know you weren't ready to talk about this right away like that. We were talking about Javante Davis, but it all just kind of flows in between 130 and 135 real fast, just for the overview here. Teofimo was the underdog. Young, you know what, 15, 16 fights. His previous fight, he beat uh, Comey for the mm -hmm. IBF title, and that was a good dictate, dictator show. He was ready for Lomachenko, even though he was the underdog. And he did just not just outpower him. He outboxed him. I'll box him for the first seven, eight rounds. And then when then when Lomachenko came in, he displayed some of that power as well. So I mean it was it was an entertaining fight the later half of the fight. The first six rounds of that fight, I actually enjoyed the 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 box of sweet science that he put out there. The footwork, the distance, he utilized his jab. He Lomachenko didn't even throw any punches. You're right. Like he we we know there was an injury. I think I believe he has some sort of surgery, and he's been like we mentioned, he's been making all these all these excuses now. I hate it when these guys do that when they make excuses when they lose like that, and then you make the excuses like months later. It looks bad. It's a wounded ego. Yeah, it happens. It, it happens. happens. It happens. I understand. These guys are top of the world, but he was boxing, power, footwork. He was patient. He took away his punches. He made Lomachenko look like an average fighter. For the first five or six rounds until Lomachenko finally picked it up, but by then it was too late. The rounds were stacked. Lopez had his rhythm. Game, set, match. We have a new champion. Yeah, no, Lomachenko's usual stance with any fighter is take your time, try to figure out where to, you know, where he needs to attack, right? So it'll take a round, maybe two rounds to figure it out. It took six, seven rounds to figure out mm -hmm. something. And at that point, he, I think his corner said, so you, you got to fight at some point. Even when he figured it out, it didn't, it, what he was doing didn't matter. Yep. Because by that point it was over. Like he was trying to, it was. And here's the thing: I don't want to see a rematch right away. Anyway, right now it doesn't make any sense. Nope. Lopez has options at 130, 135. We're gonna we're gonna have an episode dedicated to those um those two weight classes. We're gonna talk about that uh down the line here. But that was a great win for him. At 23, we're seeing the come up in boxing. Like we're seeing Javante Davis, how young he is. You're seeing Lopez, how young he is. You know, like. We we go through spurts how you see the older guys phase out and we know who's gonna come in next. And now we're seeing we're seeing this crop here of these young guys establishing themselves. You know, like also too, like Devin Haney is in there. 
young up and coming guy, you know, up in that division. Ryan Garcia, we're going to talk about him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's in the division. He's making noise. Whether you like him or not, he's making noise. Yeah. So 130-135 is looking good going to one to 2021. Yeah, and even though Machingo lost that fight, it wasn't a bad loss. It's it's a loss, but not a bad loss. So right. I, I think there's still plenty of time for him to make some noise in that division. So we talked about it in the previous episode. We'll just mention it briefly. Uh Terrence Crawford knocked out Kell Brook. And we talked about the problems with uh Terrence Crawford that he can't he doesn't have any dance partners. He's by himself on ESPN and top ranked, and all the big boys are on PBC on Fox and Showtime. So it's a legit it's a name on his resume, but it doesn't move the scale because Kell Brook's been done for a couple years now. Yeah. And it does it doesn't help that you know Errol Spence beat him when he was so undefeated at World to Wait that we talked about before. So it's a good win for him, but it doesn't move the needle. And I just had to mention it because it was one of the few fights that actually happened in 2020. Yep. So let's move forward to the events of the year. I say it's the end of the year. I know you felt a certain type of way when we talked about it. Mike Tyson. Oh, God. Roy Jones. Thanksgiving weekend. I enjoyed it. And let me explain why I enjoyed it. I know you have your reasons. It was a quality production. It was, it was the, per, I mean, I know, you know, for the boxing peers, like it's not all about the production, but at least if you're trying to get into the foray of boxing and you're not like the, the gold standards, HBO production mm-hmm. showtime is good. You know, they, they're, they've been around for so long. You're used to them. You know, they're, you know, they're secondary Fox is getting their kinks out. They're good at football, but boxing is still, you know, still working that out. you know, ESPN had a good foothold. They're in and out, but you know, they, you know, they have their way of doing it too. It's still, I'm still trying to get used to it, but Thriller put on a heck of a production and they brought people here that could talk boxing. Mario Lopez was a good host. Yeah. He knows boxing. He can do that. Um, you had Sugar Ray Leonard, you know, he's, you, you can't go, I mean, you can't go wrong with throwing a, a great like Sugar Ray Leonard, you know, so he's not great all the time talking, but he has so many good stories and he talks so calm. He's so smooth. He's always silky. That's Sugar yep. Ray, baby. That's Sugar Ray. You know, uh, who took the show? Snoop Dogg. <laughs> I watched Snoop Dogg's cooking show. I watched when he went with Martha Stewart. I I remember buying his first album, Doggy Style, when I was in middle school in seventh grade. I don't care if Snoop's rapping. I don't care if he's cooking fried chicken or making a bologna sandwich. If he's commentating celebrity boxing, just put Snoop on a tube. <laughs> That's how I feel. Snoop is just that funny. Let's get into some things that I know you didn't like. Nate Robinson. Trying to think that he could fight. Celebrity boxing. Celebrity boxing. Is so... Back to Tyson Joey Jones real quick. The well, fight, uh, the fight. I, I, I get, I get. What that's part of. We're, we're going to talk about that's part. Of, okay, you want to jump to that? Yeah, just, well, real quick. Jules, okay, so, okay. So, so with that fight, I, I, I get it. I was fine with that fight because at least it was two boxers, two former boxers, right? Who still know how to box. Nate Robinson, Logan Paul. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> I, I, I. If Amen. if we're going into celebrity boxing, Amen. that that. There's a couple. I'm gonna look at it from a negative point of view, folks. Oh boy, get off my lawn, Jorge. At the end of the day, that's not good for boxing. At least, at least, it doesn't tell me that the boxing world, in its current existence, without celebrity boxing, is good. And there's and there's and there's some holes. There's some holes, definitely, when we talk about 
the heavyweight division, mis- missing some middleweight, t- uh, middleweight, you know, middle tier fighters. Same thing at the welterweight division. Uh, the only division right now that's looking good to us right now is like 126, 135. And that's it. It's, it's, you know, it's, I'm not going to say it's not, not good right now. Right. But it boxing, it's in, it goes in phases. And I believe the next crop of fighters that come up through their, you know, their prospect years, their early years and stuff of uh, trying to get that, that boxing fed off that or amateur boxing fed off. They're going to create a nice view for us uh, to watch boxing for the next 10 years. But in this current state right now, it's, it's not looking good. See, I'm the opposite here. I don't have a problem with celebrity boxing because I understand what it's for. And the problem with boxing, you don't have celebrity boxing if boxing wasn't boxing. If that makes sense. If boxing wasn't boxing today, we wouldn't have celebrity boxing. That's the, re- that's the problem with boxing is that the way current boxing is, yes. the politics of it, we wouldn't have this, this you know, excuse my friend, shit. last last curse word there so (laughs) i say that because boxing doesn't just no, just no organization like the nba you like you have adam silver's commissioner nfl you know you have the owners and the players and you know baseball you have your you know your you know you you have everything separated in the in the different sports Mm boxing is every man for himself you're right about that you have top rank like we mentioned I'm not going to go through all the, the different ones we did in a previous episode. Sorry. And so because of that, you have celebrity boxing. It's the Wild Wild West in boxing. So you, it's entertainment. I understand what it is. And if people think that they can get in the ring and train for two months and then get their ass whooped, so be it. I'm just going to sit there and laugh while Snoop Dogg starts singing uh, church hymns. Lord Jesus, oh, see the light. Oh, that was so funny when Nate Robinson went face first and he was, he was asleep. I, I have no the reason why I like it because, like Snoop said, you don't play with boxing and you don't play with pimping. You live boxing. <laughs> and these boxers, I, I remember I had an argument six years ago when I was doing a podcast with this uh, other person. And I was explaining to them that a fighter that's 14 and 14, a journeyman club fighter would be any dude who think he could fight in the streets. Don't care because he lives that life. That's the equivalent of a D3 basketball player who maybe played Juco ball, but you go see him at the Y or at Fly Time Fitness, he is dunking and balling on everybody because yep. he lives his life. The lower tier guys, those are the ones, you know, you don't want to mess with them. Now, Paul, the a-hole, kind of racist. If he's not racist, he says and does racist stuff, right? He has a history of doing janky stuff. Let's just put it out there. Mm -hmm. But he's been training for three years. If someone's been training for three years at anything, you can't put two months in that you're going to give someone that work. So that's why I say that boxing is boxing. But if people like him are going to commit to the sport, I ain't mad at it because he's putting the work in. I don't have a problem Putting with the with, with celebrity boxing existing, I'm not a fan of it. I just wouldn't pay for it. I think if you had to give me the choice of whether to pay for it or not, obviously I'm not gonna. I don't want to pay for it. I don't want to pay for something that I don't necessarily think is going to be good for boxing in general and stuff. But if it's for free and it's on Fox, I'll watch it. I'll peek it. I'll but, pay. I have no problem paying for entertainment because we trick off money in everything, like 
let's just be honest, people. People, we're alcoholics in this country here, and we trick off alcohol. You spend like forty, fifty dollars before when the bars were open. You probably had an eighty dollar tab, and that money ain't coming back. You know, I pay for entertainment. I have no problem doing that if it's if it's done right. Thriller did it right. That's what I'm saying. If they have, they are going to have more events. They hired Snoop Dogg's an investor now. He's going to be doing more cars. Mike Tyson even said that he wants to do more cars. This is Mike Tyson's life too. Mm-hmm. He is alive because of boxing. He probably would be dead because of boxing. But we do not have Mike Tyson because of boxing. And if this man is a healthier person because he wants to get in the ring and fight older guys too around his same way, and it keeps him from being a destructive human being, and all he wants to do is smoke weed and fight guys, let, let's have Tyson fight Roy Jones of the world uh, that, or, uh, or Evander Holyfield because this is this is what they do. And that I'm fine with. I think if a boxer, any former boxer fights any other former boxer, I'm fine with. any. To me, if it's, if it's boxer on boxer, whether you're retired or current, I don't that that I that I have no problem with. That, I didn't have a problem with Tyson fighting Roy Jones. I thought it was hilarious, but I but but if you told me, hey, Tyson wants to fight Holyfield and Holyfield's up for it again, I'd watch it just because it should have been a third fight, anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, if it wasn't for you know some some tasty ear, you know, some <laughs> some desire to chew on a fucking ear, the <laughs> there would have been a third fight. You know, I was negated that. You know, but if you want to fight now, I'll watch it. I, I, but I pay for it. Eh, I, might, I might go to the bar and watch it at the bar because they're going to pay for it, and I'll watch oh, it there wow. and spend 40, 50 bucks there, <laughs> having a good time and watching a fight that you know the bar owners are happy to pay for. Mm-hmm. That works for me. You know, if it's on Fox, I'll watch it for free. But would I pay to watch me and you, David, get in the ring? I wouldn't even want. I wouldn't even pay for that. Well, I'm not paying for that. I'm not paying for me to watch myself in the ring. But exactly. But <laughs> if Thriller. It's going to have more events and they're going to have Mario Lopez. They're going to have the cool black background. You can hold the, the concerts. I don't need the concerts. You know, I prefer concerts when I'm there live in person. I'm a music guy. So I like to watch shows when they're so I understand you have the break in the action and it's kind of cool, you know, in between fights like that. But you can hold the concerts unless it's just Snoop doing a, f- a couple of songs. You have one artist involved in that. You know, uh, you throw another. Uh, was it a, uh, the, the Showtime uh, commentator? Uh Raul Manalo, I cannot pronounce his name either. I'm bad at names, people. I'm sorry. I know him. I just cannot pronounce him. But he's a good Showtime commentator. I like him. He's he's you need that for boxing. He got that voice. He's animated. He's excited. You know, he does WWE as well. He does wrestling time to time. So if you ha- if you hire the right people, you go to different hours like yo Showtime. We want to borrow this guy here. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, CBS. I think Mario Lopez is on CBS. Whatever. You're like yo, we want to bring him on for this here. Sugar Ray, we know you do some stuff with the zone. Hey, can we outsource you here? If you bring the right people in, and then you have a celebrity fight where people are actually training, I'm cool with that. You get Tyson against Holyfield or any old dude, I'm cool with that. Long as it's done right. You get Nate Robinson, I still might buy if you're gonna get knocked out in the third round like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, here, actually, here's a better. So here's a better thought to that, right? If that fight had existed, say, in our hometown of Chicago, would we have gone to see that fight? I'm gonna go on with you if you say, "Hey, Jorge, let's go watch the fight." I, I better go on with you for that. That's one. the point. It's entertainment, Jorge. I'm if, trying to get you to come around. If, it, if I will if, pay for entertainment, if it's if I know that I will be enjoyed, I'll if, enjoy. In it. other words, if it's in my town that day and like there ain't shit going on, I'll go. I'll mm-hmm. go with you. But I ain't flying anywhere. I ain't driving anywhere that far. No, no, no. I wouldn't fly. I'll fly for for a top pay-per-view fight. You've seen me do that. Yeah, that I'll go I will go to a boxing fight to fight. But like this year, it was Thanksgiving. There's nothing on TV. And on top of that, too, we're going to wrap this part of the conversation up. They charge only $49. 
So for the concert and everything, yeah, I would have paid. So for when you got the the Fowler and the banter, Snoop Dogg talking about Nate Dogg, Nate Nate Dogg, Nate, Nate, he should be Nate Dogg, but Nate Robinson, <laughs> just like he's like he can eat the jokes. He coming in with basketball shoes, man. Like just the way he, this Snoop's commentary is worth forty nine dollars. Seeing Nate Robinson after getting knocked out, he would have been. Oh yeah, rest in peace, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. So we're going to do fast forward here on some of the stuff here. So we talk Spence Detroit Garcia. We talked about that yep. in the previous show. So we know about Errol Spence now and the things that he's on his ledger now for the welterweight division or if he moves up to middleweight for Canelo Alvarez. We may talk about that later. Uh, Canelo beat Cam Smith. We talked about that last episode. Yep. Canelo oh, uh, is the man at 168. Yep. We talked about that. Triple G came back and he won. Like I said, it was just a stay busy fight because out for a year because of COVID. Yep. So he's he's on the docket for 2020. Um, like what else have we had here? Let's see, Anthony Joshua. We mentioned in the previous episode that he was staying busy. He had knocked out Pulev to keep all his belts. So we talked about the heavyweights and what's in line for him if he may fight, you know, uh, Tyson Fury. But he got his one fight in this year because of COVID. Well, and because it was a mandatory as well. So that's, mm-hmm. the, that's the good. That's the the good part about it for Joshua. He got a mandatory out of the way. Yeah, even though he got another one coming up, we talked about with Usyk, the WBO's up now, and that's the problem of all the politics. When you have all these belts, someone's always up, and then you know if you're not in the right time scale, then you know that clock and that contract, maybe you, you got to relinquish it. Talking about paying step aside money, we talked about that in previous episode. Yep, and uh, that's it for 2020. We yep. know we would have more people if this was a regular year, but we literally lost probably like six months of fights. More than that, I think probably about eight months worth of fights, like legit, like legitimate good fights in between, and a lot of uh, discussion in between too, right? Because once one major fight happens, there's always the 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 the, the after effect, um, the, what the next fight's going to be, and stuff like that. So that's we missed a lot of that conversation, potential conversation that we would have been having during the year as well. So it's uh, it was a it was a bad year overall for boxing, I think, with uh, with the pandemic. I mean, it just it kind of killed a lot of the action. Yeah. So. That was 2020 in a nutshell. We went through the major points of it. We know 2021 is going to be better. Um, briefly, Canelo Alvarez is going to fight in February. Quick turnaround. That's good. He has a mandatory for the WBC. And he's basically saying that this guy has not even fought in two years. The last time this guy fought, he actually lost. And he actually took step aside money so that Canelo can fight Caleb Smith. So Canelo looked at it as, hey, this guy's an easy win. I'm going to get him in February. Then the the um the, the deciding factor is looking at he's gonna fight Billy Joe Saunders in May, Cinco de Mayo. And he has the WBO belt at 168. So Canelo is really about his word and trying to be the undisputed 168 champion, super middleweight champion, because he already got the WBC, WBA in ring. WBO might be in his ledger by May. So that's a good start, knowing that's the schedule for the top man in boxing. Um we don't know about Terrence Crawford. Him and uh, Errol Spencer going back and forth online. Nice little fight there. We'll see what happens if they get the fight or what's going to happen there. Terrence Crawford is doing the best he can to elevate his status. Wish he was doing this for a couple of years. Wish he was more on social media doing this than just now. Yep. Yeah. And we also have that three ring circus we'd like to call the heavyweight division right now. Uh, mm-hmm. we, I mean, obviously, we'd like to hope to get a Fury and Joshua in the ring, but uh, there's still a the third man in the party called Wilder who wants to. You know, Wilder's sure. still there. He's got some problems, but he is still there. If he if he is healthy and in the ring in 2021, if it's not against Fury, he I mean, even if it's against Fury, we know he can win. Yeah. So that's 2020. We know that 2021, we do this next year, we're gonna have more content. 
Yes. We're going to have more information. We're going to have more fights. We're going to have more dialogue. So, man, it was rough, but hey, 2020 is over now. We got something to look forward to for 2021. Yep. So for this show, people, we're going to do uh, give out a few awards here. So I'm going to do this here. And the first one, we would have more, but because we didn't have as many fights, I had to really stream this down here. So we're going to do prospect of the year. Excellent. I had mentioned Jerron Enos. Welterweight, overall record of 26-0-1. This year, he was 2-0-1 this year with one no contest. Um, he was the most active prospect be, you know, for what we had in 2020. So I had Jerron Enos. You had someone different that I forgot about. I'll let you. I've Stay. mentioned him in the past, and I will mention him again. Edgar Berlanga, folks. Mm. Uh, super middleweight, 16 wins, 16 knockouts, all 16 knockouts in the first round. So, And he's been making plenty of noise lately on uh, on interviews, so he definitely wants uh, a shot at the top dogs in the super middleweight division, which includes Canelo. So uh, definitely someone to look out for next year to see if he – that gets a shot. That just gets a shot at Canelo, but gets a shot at say like the David Benavides. You know example. what? I might have to change my pick in that and say it's him. I like him. Like, I'm about entertainment. The dude talks game. I love it. He's it's, hungry. It's and when he talks, it's not arrogant. He's a fighter. There's a difference. Mm -hmm. You know, when you hear a real fighter talk that talk and a be about that, you know. No man has got out of the second, got out of the first round yet with him. He don't even hit you clean. And you're going down now. I know it's 16 guys, but he's trying to put rounds in. They just can't stand up to his power. So for 2021, I can't wait to see him get a better fight. A guy who's willing to sit in there and see so he can take his power. And he's calling out Canelo. I mentioned how Canelo is the guy, but Canelo's young still. He's only what, 30. Yep. He's 23. Hey, next two years or so, Canelo's 160, 168, 175. Canelo ain't going nowhere, and he's just going to get better. Yep. I think uh, it's, it's, again, Berlanga's only got 16 professional rounds. He has a huge amateur background, but his uh, professional, good, 16 professional rounds. So to, to what you mentioned, right, he has, no one's been able to stand in the ring with him. I'm hoping that that David Benavides fight is uh, sooner than later, right? 2021 because i would hope he gives him a test i want to see what this guy's about i already know what he's about but i want to see if he can handle adversity right i want to see if this guy you know if he can if he can if he can, someone can take his punches and actually give something back and see how he handles that right i want to see some diversity to his game and right now he's uh just too strong for everybody that he's facing in that weight class and let's put he's on espn so he's got the push oh yeah so we're gonna see a lot of him in 2021. So I'm actually gonna change my pick. I think it's him. It is him. Yeah. I mean, you knocking everybody out. I'm sorry. I gotta. I gotta keep following you. Prospect yep. of the year. Yep. And, and and does not talk about his his, his punches, his knockout power, the same way that Wilder does. He's uh, <laughs> very humble about it. He's hungry though. He wants he wants that smoke. Yeah. So let's go to the next one here now. I'm going fight of the year. So, boom, fight of the year. I had to put that in the screen here. Nice. You had mentioned what fight? Uh, Fury and Wilder, and 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 basically, just due to the magnitude of the fight, right? There was a the first fight happened, great fight, draw. Then the aftermath of the fight, 
the slight delays because of that. Uh, Fury signing with top ring held up uh, the second fight a little bit there. But once it finally showed up, uh, it lives up to the hype, at least for one side. On the other side, they, they showed up. They just got knocked out. But, uh, but again, I think for the impact of that, of that fight and from what happened previously, this uh, to me was a fight of the year. I was different. It was not um, the name brand fight. It was a few months ago. I believe it was in October. And it was Jose Zapata against Ivan Barancha. Five rounds of nonstop action back and forth, back and forth. I wish I can play this, but I don't have the rights here. So let's just break this down here. They both fight at 140. Action packed. Uh, Zapata's 33 and two, and Branch is 20 and two. Like I said, not name brand guys, but they just came and brought it. So we had round, we had two knockdowns for Branch in round one. Then they traded knockdowns in round two. Then Zapata scored knockdowns in three and four. Then in round five, Jose ended it in the KO here. It was not, oh my God, I can't get my words out right now. It was great. I recommend everybody go on YouTube and watch it. Like that ended in five rounds. The same thing with Fowler and um, Fury and Wilder. That was a five round fight as well, five, six rounds, I think. Yes. So you literally could watch both those fights and you would have a 12 round fight and you would not be uh, disappointed. So that's a good choice too. I actually went with that one because I just, it was more action. It was, woo. It was, I'm telling people right now, after you get done watching us, please check it out. You will not be disappointed. So I felt that was fight of the year. Let's move on here now. We talked about prospect of the year. We did fight of the year. Uh, how about KO of the year? KO of the year. Bam, put that on the screen here. Yeah, so what did you think for KO for you at first? We agree. So so we, we talked a little bit in our pre-meeting, and uh, I came to the same conclusion you ended up did, uh, Davis and uh, Santa Cruz. I mean, that, yeah. that uppercut was the, the more the what. If you watch, once you watch it in slow motion, folks, Santa Cruz is ready to block the body. Uppercut hits him clean in the face because he wasn't expecting it there. That's how good it was. I hit that bell because it shouldn't be an argument. I mean, you could, but just the reaction of Davis when he throws it, like I mentioned earlier, and how he just looks and admires his work. And then you see Santa Cruz just kind of slither. Yep. And he was, I looked like his twisted his ankle. Oh. I'm a knockout guy, people. If you can get the guy out, get the guy out. Finish the show. And Tank Davis finishes shows. Was he 23 and 0 now with 22 knockouts now? Excellent fighter. Oh my God. Someone who finished the freaking show. I that's all I want. Close the show out. And if you're not gonna close knockout, go in that 12th round and show show the judges that it's not even in the discussion. Davis is like, nah, we ain't gotta go to 12. Don't worry. I'm gonna give you this work and you're going down, baby. Exactly. Sleep, sleep, nighty night. So Knockout of year, Javante Tank Davis against Leo Santa Cruz. Ah, oh, work of art. So let's go to our next one now. Uh, let's see here. We are going to go fighter of the year. Yep. Let me put that up here. Fighter of the year. Who did you have, Jorge, initially? Teofomo Lopez. That fight against uh, Lomachenko. Uh, he was an underdog in that fight. Uh, again, the magnitude of the fight. He was an up. He's an up and coming fighter at the time. He very braggadocious. He was. He was definitely. You know. Looking, looking for that smoke, and he came out on top of them in the fight. So I want to name a few people off. I had put in Errol Spence. I know you guys, oh, my God, here's this fanboy here. No, um, everybody we're put on this list only fought once because yep. of COVID. I have him as an honorary mention because the car accident and how horrific that was, 
and to not take a gimme fight, he could have literally submitted to the WBC and IBF to get a fight against some no-name guy. But no, he went right to Danny Garcia fight, who, even though he made him didn't look like a top 10 guy or top five guy, he is a top five welterweight. It made him look like he didn't have no layoff. But because of the way it is, I had him honorable mention. So it was between Tiafimo Lopez and Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury came back from the first fight, and we discussed how he is the man in heavyweight division. He hired Sugar Hill, smart move. And, you know, when you hire the right people in your corner, you see just the life decisions that he's made up to this point here, and he's a guy. But like we said here, it's Tiafimo Lopez. Lopez beat the guy that everybody thought they called him high tech. I mean, the dude is cold. Let's get, let's not, I mean, I'm not trying to be a Lomachenko basher. He only lost one to one man in amateurs, and he avenged that, avenged that loss twice. He's won two gold medals. When he lost in the professionals his second fight, it was to Orlando Salido when the dude came in overweight and just fouled the dude for 12 rounds when he was still trying to figure out the amateur style to the professional style. And then, you know, he, he is a great fighter. But Lopez was 23, and his top fight was against Richard Comey. Yep. He came in against Lomachenko and gave him a boxing lesson, like we said. He only had the one fight, but that one fight is weighted more than all the other fighters. Absolutely. Lomachenko so, was a top two, three pound for home fighter at the time. Lopez put in the work, and congratulations to him, and looking forward to more fights from him next year. That's right. So let's give it up to Tiafimo Lopez. He is the fighter of the year. I believe that um, going to 2021, he may have a ma- he does have a mandatory. And Bob Aram said he's going to send him to Australia. Uh, I can't think of the fighter's name right now, but he's Australian. I believe it's Joe Horn. No, it's not Joe Horn. No Horn. No Horn's a welterweight. Oh, you're right, right. It's, yeah. it, there's somebody in but, Australia, though. but it's the guy who the, um, the stadium they picked out is the same stadium that Joe Horn fought when he fought Manny Pacquiao. Yep. But they already mentioned that it's going to be an early fight. They want him to go to another country. They want to build his brand up. And then in the summertime, he's going to come right back again. So hopefully we see Lopez fight three times this year as well. Yes. You know, so I think that's all we're going to do here. We I wish we had more information. We do, but I don't want to fill the, the fight fans with information that's really not needed here. I don't want to give something that it's not really, it's not meaty. It's not the, it's not the steak and potatoes. 2020 was bad. And I'm not just, I'm, I don't want to talk about, yeah, such and such. And it's like, yeah, but. He ain't no good fighter. Just looking forward to ending this year on on kind of the high note that we had, right, with the last couple of fights that came out, and and we're gonna have a great start to next year with the already fights starting off on the the second of January. So, yeah. So we're definitely uh, looking forward to our next first uh, next full episode for the next year, and uh, we'll cover that fight. Yeah. So going to twenty twenty one, let's we'll we'll tease that there. Ryan Garcia is fighting Luke Campbell. That fight was initially supposed to happen here in December, but it got postponed to COVID. So at least we're going to see, a you now Ryan's not a prospect, a young up-and-comer who's looking for a title shot now. And this is going to be a fight that's going to showcase if he's ready for it. And we're going to talk about that in a future show here. But that's a good start to 2021. Yep, excellent start. So for all of our fight fans here, that was our year in review of 2020. Um, wish we had more fights, wish we had more information. But hey, we got to work with what we got to work with right now. But Hopefully for 2021, we have more fights and we'll have more categories for the year in for 2021. So I'm looking forward to 2021. This is only our fourth episode, but we're going to be pumping out content and talk about boxing for 2021 and just going ham on it. Yeah, just stay with us, folks. This is a work in progress podcast. And uh, at some point, it's, it will no longer get there. It will actually be something that we will be 
that we'll be proud of. And hopefully you guys will be proud of us as well, too. All right. So on that note, we're going to end this show here for the year in review. We'll be back for our next episode in 2021 here. So I'd like to tell everybody here to like and subscribe, please. If you ain't like and subscribe, I don't think you're a hater. All you got to do is click on that. And then you don't got to worry about looking for us. Then the new show comes up and it's on your timeline, your feed, and you're there. So like I said, YouTube boxing now podcast you can also go on instagram if you want to where we're building that up there boxing now podcast facebook boxing now uh twitter uh at boxing now podcast and boxing now online.com and keep an eye out like and subscribe also jorge you got anything on that sure uh you can follow my program on twitch uh live underscore dominoes tuesdays thursdays and saturdays at 8 p.m to 11 o'clock and also too for jorge's family that's mad about jorge's chair I'm going to take care of him. But if y'all complain again, he's going to have a worse chair in 2021. I'm, I'm going to treat y'all. He's like family now. So I'm going to treat y'all like I treat him. So keep complaining about Jorge's chair. He's going to get a better chair. He's already treating me like family. He gave me the shitty chair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but keep talking and see the chair he's going to have in 2021. Yeah, All right. Be a bar stool. I'll be on a bar stool for, you know, what. you know what, though? We might just have you stand up. At this point, it might feel comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, people. We're going to end this show here. We'll hope to see everybody back in 2021. But until then, boxing fans, we'll be back in, for another time. Jorge. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year.